Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day, and remember, every thought does matter. In this episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast, I connect with Chelsea Grove who was the MC Eat for Show Your Shorts in Burbank, a writer, a comic, actress, survivor of life, and an eternal optimist. In this episode, we learn how she survived homelessness, how she works her craft as a comic, who she reveres in the comedy industry, and so much more. I love how positive Chelsea is in general, and it shows in this podcast. Give it a listen. All right, I'm here on the Every Thought Matters podcast with the comedian chelsea grove hi how you doing kelly i am fantastic you got this fancy mic going everything's good (laughs) and that trademark laugh i love that laugh i miss it (laughs) thank you i appreciate that yeah uh how are things out there in la la land you are like hustling and i keep seeing all kinds of announcements what's going on with your comedy i mean you just got accepted into a festival yes yes i i am going on i'm so i'm so excited and grateful for everything that's happening um i i just was accepted into the black women in comedy festival um they're actually going to be uh you know doing it in los angeles here um i believe it's going to be mostly remote but I, i believe there may be some possible some opportunities depending on covid for some a couple of live shows too but yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, this is my first time actually getting into a festival. Um, and so I, I definitely hope this is the beginning. I want to just continue to do more with that. Um, I did just get back a couple of weeks ago from traveling on the road. I went to Vegas for five nights and then I did two nights in Utah. And I actually, while I was in Utah, I won a comedy competition. What the French toast? Yes, with the syrup. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it came with a cash prize, you know, so that was nice. You know, I was really uh definitely that was very unexpected but exciting. And yeah, so that's been there's just a couple things that's been going on. Um, my birthday is coming up at the end of yep. August, so I'm gonna actually be doing a birthday show. And other than that, I'm just trying to like, you know, hustle on on my my next goals are to like get on the road, basically. Like I I kind of going on the road recently just kind of gave me that little it's like that taste in your mouth. You're like, okay, I gotta keep going. So, you know, but more to come, definitely much more to come, but I'm definitely excited and grateful for what's happening now. Right. And how many comedy albums do you have now? I have two, two comedy albums, yes. Wow. Two comedy albums, and you've been on the road, and you won a contest, and you're in a festival. And as we were talking earlier before the show, you've got a a self-tape going on as well, so you're doing a little bit of the acting thing too? Yes, I I, I joined uh, my agency about three months ago, and I am my agent is phenomenal. I, you know, 
I'm so I'm so happy because he really believes in me, you know, and that's the thing is I've had representation before, but they just really just didn't believe in me in the way that he that my current rep does. And it really makes all the difference. I'm getting so many auditions and I'm, I'm you know, I just, you know, the right booking will come at the right time. But I'm just grateful to be getting auditions because, I mean, there's people that submit for auditions that don't even get to audition. So I'm, I'm happy that I'm, I'm in the mix and doing my thing for sure. Yeah, you have to. As anything I learned from the business is you have to just enjoy being in the audition and not worry about outcomes. And when you do that, you actually put something better on tape, wherever, whether it's in person or remote. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm I'm learning because it's a new thing for me. Um, I mean, I've been doing stand up nine years and then this is like three months of <laughs> auditioning and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm I'm realizing it's kind of like with comedy. It's like you just gotta have fun. You know what I'm saying? Like there's all these other like yeah technical stuff. Make sure your your camera is this way. Blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, but just just have fun. You know, it's it's this is fun. I mean, you know, yeah, these are things. Eventually, we want to make a living off of full time and stuff. But it's like you know, the more you just focus on doing your best and having fun, then the better results you're gonna get. A hundred percent. I agree. And how do let's talk about that nine years of comedy. How did you get started? When did you think, gosh, I should start doing this? About three months after I moved to L.A., actually. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, oh, my goodness. I yesterday I didn't even yesterday was my nine year anniversary of living in Los Angeles. August 1st, 2012, I moved out here. And uh, yeah, yeah. From Virginia, where I'm from and. Uh, I actually, when I moved out here, I had this, cause I grew up singing and acting and I thought that I was going to move out here and I was just going to get into acting and get into singing. And then life was honestly just so insane that I, I decided very quickly, um, afterwards that I was like three months in and I had so much drama, so many crazy roommates, so many just, you know, tough experiences. Cause LA will definitely like give you a good old booty kicking. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right it will. Right out the gate. It's just like, hello, smack, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> and then I, I definitely had some very, a very stressful three months uh, living here. And I would tell people about it that I'd meet, I'd, I'd vent about my experiences. And they'd always laugh. And I was sitting there wondering, like, why are you laughing? I'm being serious. They're like, no, no, like, you're really funny. They're like, you've got to say this stuff on stage. So I, I, I grew up, you know, watching like Comedy View, Chappelle Show and things like that. And I always figured I was like, you know, comedy is one of those things that's so hard. I never saw myself doing it, although I always admired and respected it. But when I was at my wits end, like I had a roommate that basically threatened me and just made me feel really uncomfortable. And that was about three months here in L.A. And I just decided I said, you know, I need to just say this on stage, whatever that is. Like I didn't even know that I was doing comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like you just kind of decide oh, I'm going to go and do this thing. And I found an open mic at this hole in the wall bar and I did it. And I had it's. It was like, I can't describe the feeling. It's like I felt like I was finally turned on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I yep. had been just turned off or on like sleep mode. And then now it's like somebody put the password in. The password was stand-up comedy. And now I I felt turned on for the first time in my life, you know? And and it's funny because I, 
I mean, I played sports in high school and, you know, choirs. And I did a lot of like performance related like things. And I enjoyed all those things. But the first time I did comedy, I felt just clicked, you know, and I, I, I realized I was like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this, like all the parts of me that never made sense, they all make sense now because of comedy. Yeah, so that light bulb kind of came on. And from what I remember of your story of getting to L.A., you had a, a lot of rock bottom moments in these nine years of being there. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, I've been homeless about three times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, thankfully, mm-hmm. I, I'm grateful. I, I live by myself now. You know, I'm so grateful I have my own space. Um, yep. but yeah, but it, it took a long time to get here. I mean, when I first moved out here, I had my car and then after, our, uh, three, I moved out of the crazy roommate's house after I did stand up for yeah. the first time, I lived in my car for about nine months, you know, and I just got a gym membership so I could shower and, mm-hmm. you know, and that was, that was that. And then, you know, I, I couch surfed for like off and on for two years and, I was working, but I just never had enough money or good enough credit to get an apartment. And so then I moved and found myself in all these different roommate situations and things of that nature. And, you know, it just got more tumultuous after the next. And then I was homeless again without a car. My car had gotten repossessed. And then um, just, you know, my weight fluctuated, stress. Just it, and, and really, most recent thing that I went through that was very traumatic is two years ago, I was in an accident. So I was mm-hmm. uh the I was riding a scooter. I won't say what brand because we're still in litigation, but <laughs> but I but I was I was in an accident and the scooter uh the brakes cut out on the scooter. And as a result of that, I landed on my knee, my left knee, and I ruptured my patellar tendon. And ouch. yeah, it's trust me, it is it's a thousand uh, times a thousand ouches. It is really the, the doctors say that the, the, the kind of pain I experienced was on par with childbirth, which is why I'm adopting. Because <laughs> 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 I was like, I don't know if I can do this. It was, it was so painful. The worst pain of my life. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And there are some people that probably deserve it. Still wouldn't wish it on them. It's really bad. And uh-huh. I just honestly, I, I that was the most traumatic thing I've ever gone through because I I went from, you know, doing hot yoga and getting on stage all the time to it was just like stop. Everything just had to stop. Wow. And I had to focus entirely on myself. I couldn't really walk like that. You know what I'm saying? For months, I had to, you know, after my surgery, it was two months where I really couldn't really do much of anything. I mean, I could barely go up and down the stairs in my apartment to go to the bathroom. It was just like everything took so long, like going to the grocery uh-huh. store. I had to walk with a walker like an, and, cr- and a cane. You know, I walked, I walked with a walker for three months and then a cane for about five. And it was it's humbling because at the time I was 30 and then turned 31 years old right out during that time. And you're thinking you're like, wow, I had this whole vision for how my 30s was going to be. I thought I was going to go in my 30s. I had learned a lot of lessons from my 20s. I was going to start this new chapter. I was going to start my whole sex in the city lifestyle. You know, I just thought I was about to be like the black Carrie Bradshaw out here doing my comedy writing. And then it just you know, life just, wow. it didn't go that way. And thankfully now, uh, two years later, I'm 
it, this whole process, although it was very traumatic, I definitely learned a lot of lessons. I, it, it forced me to slow down and really assess what was happening in my life, who was in my life and what I was allowing to happen in my life. And now, you know, I look at it and I'm just so grateful that that happened because, you know, I, I feel like what's meant to happen in your life is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was completely sober when I was on that scooter. It wasn't like I was yeah. drunk or something like that. It's like, it's not my fault. The brakes cut out. And I, but I still beat myself up for a long time about it. You know, just saying, why didn't you just walk home and stuff like that? But now looking at where I am now, I know without a shadow of doubt, I would not be where I am right now if I hadn't gone through that. You know, like I feel like mm-hmm. I, I do, you know, I, I believe in God personally. And I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like God allows certain things to happen into your life to like help you grow up and for and it's different people for different things for some people you know like me it's a it's a serious injury for other people it's a the loss of a a close family member for other people it's a loss of a job or loss of finances or they you know everybody has something that they go through in their life that's really traumatic it's a life-changing moment and it's different for everybody and so this was just my life-changing moment and uh, and the good thing is, is that I'm able to walk. I've been walking without a cane for over like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. I can hike again. I'm back in hot yoga. I am just back taking care of myself and doing the things that I know make me feel good. But I learned so much about myself and about who really I can trust and who, what kind of people to allow in your life and what kind of people you got to just stay away from. And that's a hard thing to do, especially in Los Angeles where, Everybody, what I call their uh, curtain climbers, basically, they're climbing on your curtains and, you know, and that's hard to find yourself in the middle of all that. And that's one of the things that I think that personally broke me and the reason why I left was, was the cost of living plus the curtain climbers. But you had found this and now you have found, in my opinion, so much success. But I also remember you emceeing my show for two years. And I watched your comedy just get sharper and sharper in those two years. And you, you had a way of telling your stories, just like when you did that first open mic night of your life, but you made it funny to us. And that's a lot of writing. I mean, do you always, I mean, are you writing all the time? What, how's that work? Um, so it's it's a it's changed over the years. I'm actually redefining my writing style right now because I when I first started, you know, was well, iPhones were not I didn't have an iPhone, you know, it wasn't like this how you can just open your notes and voice memos and things like that. Like I had when I first started, I had an actual like recorder, like a USB re- portable recorder to record my material, right? <clears throat> right. And so I, I, when I first started, my habit was I would go out at night. I'd do as many open mics as I could. I would record them all. And the next morning, and this is when I was still homeless, I would go to like Starbucks and I, or any coffee shop, really. And I would just listen and I would just write everything out verbatim. And then I'd read it. And then I'd like find punches or I'd like think of something as I'm listening and edit it. Now... I, I do still write by hand, not as often as I do, because I'm constantly writing stuff on my phone. And then I my style now of writing is I'll write ideas on my phone. I'll go work them out and I'll record it. And then when I come back and record it, I'll, I, I'll update it in like a notebook. You know, it's kind of 
it's kind of evolved just because of the resources that we have have evolved too. And in a way, I'm glad that I have my phone as an opportunity to like write on because I, I, I before I would think of things and I, I couldn't get to a pen and paper fast enough. So now with my phone, it's a lot faster and easier. So I'm, I'm getting things down quicker. And uh, but yeah, definitely. It's like kind of like get the note down just so I don't forget it, work it out. And then I can flush it out on paper later. And I definitely enjoy that process. And I'm, you know, it's it's a work in progress. It's just like kind of with, with with my schedule and and what's going on. But I definitely, uh, I think the most important thing is just to get it out of my head because I mean it's a lot going on up here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. Especially when you're a comic, you find the comedy in everything. And I've been watching stand up comedy since uh, you know Jonathan Wonders went on Johnny Carson kind of thing. Long time. Wow. I remember Gary Shandling when he came on. I remember when Ellen was on, you know, that's, and that was, has always been a part of my life. And Flip Wilson, my God, he was a genius. Yeah. Absolute freaking genius. So I've been watching it, but they make it look so easy, but they do so much writing. And I think comics in general are very good writers. And I, oh, you have to be. They go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, They go. Yeah, but they don't. When we watch you guys, you guys make it look like you're telling that story for the very first time. That's what's and, so cool. It, and you know, it's I've always loved that. That's what made me like fall in love with watching stand up comedy growing up as well. Because you know, it's just something about wow. And then when I started doing stand up comedy, and I realized, oh, that's the idea. Like you want to, you have to like write and work on this material so much that every time you get on stage and tell it people are going to think that you're telling the story for the first time, but that takes years and years of practice. Cause there's so many elements. There's you being comfortable on stage. There's you being comfortable hearing your voice in a microphone, which when I first started, that was some great advice that I got um, from some comics that were more, way more seasoned than me. They would tell me, you know, Chelsea, don't worry so much like about <clears throat> having the perfect set. They were like, you're in your, your first two years, just get on stage as much as possible, write as much as possible and get comfortable on stage. Because once you're comfortable on stage, then that's when you can build on that and build on the next thing and build on the next thing. Like, and I, now nine years in, I realize now I'm like, oh, wow, like that, a lot of that stuff, it had to happen in like this succession of, you know, it just, it, and, and listen, I, everybody grows in different times in different areas there's some comedians who five years in they got like a special on something on on uh, amazon or netflix or something and there's some comics who like two years in they get on a show or there's some comics who take some 15 years before they get a big break but i think that as long as you know you know what you need to do in order to like uh be your best at period, mm-hmm. I think, and and I think that you know, you know what is in your way, and if you recognize something's in your way, the sooner you get it out of your way, then you're yep. just making things even easier for yourself in your future. Yeah, and what I think, you know, every comic does their thing, and I like how you integrate, you know, just your life into it, and you kind of humble yourself by telling jokes, but yet you make it. I don't know. I just. Your brand of comedy is different, I think, you know, from the Google Maps joke, which has always been my favorite one. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I told that joke in Utah. They loved it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I there's just so much about it. It's raw and personal, yet it makes us laugh. And I saw you 
literally, I remember first night you hosted for us for the show in Flappers, and and then I saw those jokes getting better and better and better, and that takes a lot of behind the scenes work too, and a lot of tater tots apparently too. Oh yes, I love those tater tots. Uh, flat, shout out to Flappers tater tots. I yeah, I love, and I do want to just thank you again for because honestly, I I. I I did a show of flappers recently and mm-hmm. I was talking to another comedian and I was like, you know, I hosted a show here for, it's so crazy how time goes. I hosted a show here every month for two years that you, that, you know, that you produced that you created. And right. I mean, I remember I, I, that knowing that every month I was going to do us that kind of a set that yes. was like, it, it, it was, it, it just even motivated me even more behind the scenes. Cause I wanted to just like always come back stronger, come back better yes. because you know, we are, we are, you, each individual person, we are our own competition. You know, I don't believe. Yeah, in, we are. We really are. Like, it's just about getting better from the last time you did it. Like, the, like, are you improving? How can you improve on what you did the last time, the last time? And then so that the next time and the next time you're better, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's different things. And some, some nights I work on different things. Some nights I would be you know focusing yeah on material but other nights depending on how the crowd was i may just focus more on crowd work but it's all like it like doing that for two years helped me grow so much like just because it it was just every month i'm at a club and i'm doing the show and adding dealing with the different elements so it was a very eye-opening experience for me yeah and it is different to go to a club every the same club every month and know what you can expect from the microphone, know what you can expect from lighting and all of, and the sound and what, you know, that little room was very intimate and the type of crowd that that, cause that was, you know, filmmakers mostly. It wasn't your, yeah. you know, it, yeah. wasn't date, it wasn't date night crowd. So that's a different, that's a tougher crowd too. That's not, I think it is. I don't know. Tell me. No, if it is you're, or not. you're, no, you're, you're right. It, it was interesting because, you know, the way the show was set up, like, you know, it, it having me do comedy and then, and then, uh, and doing it in between the, the short yes. films that were being yep. screened, it's like these filmmakers, they have their own anxiety because, you know, for some of them, this is a, maybe the first time or the first time in a while that somebody has watched their project. Right. And, and, and just in this kind of environment, it was a really unique idea. I love how, you know, you set it up and stuff like that. And I thought that it was nice to bring that comedic relief because, you know, although there would be a lot of comedic films, there would definitely be some dramatic ones, too. And so it's kind of nice to, like, come up as a comedian and bring that tension after, like, a really good, like, kind of dark, scary short. And then yep. I come up and just bring that energy and then and then or to ride off the energy of a very funny short. You know, it's like so yep. that was another thing, because in a way it was like a, a crowd work exercise for me because just, right. just riffing off of what was actually happening and what everyone just witnessed. Yeah. That's, and it was, yeah. Cause it was kind of, you had to do both actually. You had to do crowd work and your set. And, and you always did a great job of making that crowd feel comfortable because it, for my listeners that are not in the entertainment industry, every film is their baby. Every filmmaker, that thing is their baby. They hold it, they cuddle it, and they're very protective of it. And with that, having other people see your film is a, I screen some of my own films and it's a nerve wracking anxiety and you help break that tension by an opening set, but then you had to go and kind of work and 
you know, what I know before beforehand you would watch the films and come up with your, your little snippets in between, but you had to do a little bit of crowd work, a little bit of sets and a little bit of, I don't know, emceeing as well. That's hard. Yeah, it, no, but it, but it was a great exercise. And, and that's sure. another thing that helped me with writing too, like being able to screen the films before and write taglines. Like that's like a new skill that I, that I was able to strengthen in two years of doing that consistently. Yeah, that's great. And I'm, you are wonderful. And I, I wanted to praise you, you know, on the record for that because I praised you, you know, privately and we've texted or whatever, but on the record on my podcast, I wanted the people know how amazing you were for that for two years. I still think that was quite an achievement for you. It was. I, I, I wouldn't I would do it all over again. And so, so I definitely I. yeah, I definitely learned I learned a lot. I grew a lot and I'm grateful for that. You know, and that's the thing, like you just never know what's going to come at you, but opportunities like, you know, being able to, uh, host, host a show that you were producing, like, like at flappers, like for two years, like I had such a good time and, you know, and, and, and I'm looking forward to, you know, just moving forward and continue to grow a little bit more every day. Yeah. And getting out on the road, I can see you doing clubs all over the country and I, I know you'll, you'll be fine and you'll be good. So, um, are you planning on any more albums coming or no? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I actually, I already have the title for my next album. Um, I, I'm Good. keeping it. I'm, well, I, I'm keeping it yeah. under wraps for now, but I'll, I'll let you know, I'll get, you know, when I release it, but I, yeah, I'm thinking about taping it probably in um, it's either, I'm either going to tape it in October early November or may wait until like early February. So it's kind yeah. of like I have a couple of dates in mind. It depends on the road stuff because I do mm-hmm. want to actually go on the road at least a couple of more times, you know, before I record this album, because I feel like just that week of being on the road helped me grow so much. And I definitely want to have those elements added to my set. But I, I, I already have like a no a, a whole like idea of where I, the direction I want my next album and special to go. And I do want to like invest in this next special and I want to get like I want to record it like, you know, I want to have video. I want the audio to be extra tight. Like I just want it to be a, a production. You know, I want to actually. Yeah. So that's does, that's another reason why the date is going to be a little like flex depending on everything. But um, yeah. So once I record it or once I like decide and everything's finalized, I will definitely let you know. You know, Please. who knows? Maybe you could fly out, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah, not? exactly. So, yeah, yeah, but I I definitely, between my, my you know, injury, uh, although, yes, I came, I did touch on everything. It was still kind of fresh at that time. It was like six months after the accident, six, seven months after the accident that I, I, I take that. Um, but now with that, my knee stuff and COVID and some other personal life experiences mm-hmm. I've had, I have a lot of stuff to talk about. And so I, there will definitely be a third album for sure. That's going to be awesome. And I, I believe in your style and I believe in your craft. So tell me kind of like, I can name all the comics that I grew up watching and they're very much influenced me because most of them are, you know, have passed on or they're still going, but who was probably your most influential comic says, gosh, they really do it. I want to be like that. I know you want to be you and do your own brand, but who kind of made you go, wow, that's amazing. 
Um, it's crazy because for me, well, I have a favorite comedian at this point in my life. You know, my favorite comedian at this point in my life is Paul Mooney. You know what I'm saying? And he mm-hmm. wrote for Quintra uh, Pryor and a lot of other comedians, but he has his own albums that I love and I can listen to all day, any day. And to me, he's my favorite comedian because uh, I, every comedian has a different thing that they will consider successful. You know, like that, that they True. have a personal thing that if they accomplish that personally for them, that will be success. For me, it is when I can be as free and as free on stage as I feel like Paul Mooney is, when I can do that, that to me will be a mark of success for me. Because every time I listen to him, he is just unapologetically himself. And that is and, and, and he doesn't care if somebody walks out on his set because, you know, they feel it's, it's kind of almost a good thing, you know, because he he he's making you feel something, you know, because yeah. and, and, like he, he's 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 to me, Paul Mooney, like surpassed like just comedy. So Paul Mooney, he was he's somebody who um, and may he rest in peace. But he is somebody who to me, when I listen to him, he transcended out of comedy into like almost in the same way, like with Dick Gregory and stuff like that, like those kind of um, uh, comedians where it's like, they're, they're comedians, but they're also like public speakers. They're also activists. They're also teachers, you know? Yes. And that is eventually what I want my comedy to grow into. Now, growing up, I loved Dave Chappelle. Killing Him Softly is one of my favorite specials. Um, but I mean, everything he does is great. I think growing up, you know, I, I my dad always watched Chappelle's show. My sister and I would sneak and watch Comic View. So I remember comedians like Lunell and Monique and, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, and, 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 and Earthquake. And, uh, you know, so it and um, like Donald Rollins, you know what I'm saying? Like seeing people like that, like on shows where it's like you're seeing a bunch of comedians at the same time. I mean, it, it was... So I eye opening like Bruce Bruce. I mean, he was one of my favorite hosts of Comic View. He hosted Comic View for a few years, you know, in the early 2000s. Like, I mean, just his crowd work and just the way that he was. I, I mean, uh, it, it's just so, so many different comedians that, that I enjoyed. And I think what I love so much was just the freedom, like how you could have comedians of different ethnicities, different hairstyles different you know religions different experiences different backgrounds and like everybody was just so funny and i think that's the good thing about comedy is comedy like does not care about like any other detail other than are you funny are you connecting to people are you making people laugh are you touching people are you affecting people are people feeling something when you get on stage and so those are the kind of comedians that I definitely like growing up, I had a different influence. And then as I started doing stand-up comedy and I learned more about Paul Mooney and his background and started listening to his albums, I just kind of fell in love with his style of comedy. And that is what I personally strive to be as like my own Paul Mooney type person. Like I still me, always me, but I want to have that freedom on stage and that, that fearlessness that Paul had on stage for, for sure. That's awesome. Cause it, you, I love it because when you you can tell when they just get up there and they talk and they're they don't care. I love when I find that and I, I like I said, I'm like you. I've been watching comedy for all my life. I mean, Pryor was just a genius. Set himself mm-hmm. on fire and, and then he writes an entire special around that and it was just stupidly hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you know, and Eddie Murphy always he, he was so dang good. And most people that are in the industry lament the fact that he's still not doing it, but because he's so funny, but, you know, and I look at them, they make it, they look 
fearless. And I love that you're just going for that fearless thing on stage. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, we, none of us know when and how long we'll be on this earth. But what I will say is I try to just be grateful to, for every day. And I, I, mm-hmm. I pray that, you know, uh, God will allow me to live and perform long enough to experience that for myself, you know, and to experience that feeling of, oh, wow, I'm completely a hundred percent free right now. I'm completely a hundred percent unapologetically myself and honest and raw right now. And I'm not being this way to be malicious. I'm being this way because, you know, you just have to be, it's kind of like, um, have you ever watched that show bar rescue? Um, I've heard about it. I haven't watched it though. I think you would like it. I don't know if you have the Paramount app. Um, I, I, I well, I'm using my neighbor's login, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, we all do that. Right, right. But the Paramount app, he's on there. But the guy John Taffer, he goes into feeling bars that are, that are in debt, a lot of money, yep. and yes, he. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he so a lot of times you watch that show and, and you watch the beginning of those episodes and you think he's just yelling at people and he's just like, you know, yelling at the owners. But really what he's doing is he's trying to wake them up, you know, like anytime he rescues a bar at the end of it, the owner is giving him a hug and saying, thank you. I needed that kick in the ass. And it's like, yeah, like sometimes as a comedian, like, yeah, obviously you're here to be entertained, but sometimes my job is not going to be entertaining. My job is going to be to, yeah, you're going to laugh because I'm naturally funny, but I'm, I, I need to teach you this as well, you know? So eventually, that's, yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> no, that's brilliant because I love it when I, I see people where I go, wow, I didn't, I'm laughing, but then I'm also at the same time, my brain is processing it going, oh, I didn't look at it that way. And I love that because you come up with a way to make humor about something that we need to be educated about, yet you walk away educated. Like Chappelle does that really well. Yeah, it's just finding the balance between giving people their sugar and their medicine, you know? Ooh. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Write yeah. that crap down, man. <laughs> you dropping some wisdom today. I mean, I, I definitely have heard some some seasoned comics tell me that before. I, I it's just it, but it is something that I keep in the back of my mind. Like, you know, Wonderful. when you're on stage, I mean, people are gonna it's like children, you know, when you're talking to children, it's like you're on stage, you know, people are there to laugh, they want to have a good time, they want to have fun. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so I before I give you your Robitussin, here goes, you know, a starburst. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like and, 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 it, and it's and it's just finding that balance because, yeah, like I could totally just like come out and go into my material or go into like political stuff or racial stuff or me being a woman mm-hmm. or, or date. I could just go into that kind of stuff. But it's a lot easier if I like kind of open up myself a little bit. It's kind of like, all right before I like get information out of you, here's a little bit about, about me. Here's a little bit about what's going on. Here's a little bit about who I am. Like, I think on stage, it's, it's a lot like sales. And one of the things I learned in sales is you got to get people to like, like you and then trust you. And then you can get them to do pretty much anything you want, you know? But I think when comedy, it's that same concept. You like, you can get, most comics can get people to like them 
or mm-hmm. a little, you know, a little True. bit in stage. But the trust part is the hard part because that requires vulnerability. And some comics, you know, a year to two years in, they got no problem getting audiences to like them. But that trust, it may take some comics another five years before they get on or, or 10 years, depending on what, you know, their process. It could take somebody a long time to where, no, I know how to get an audience to like and trust me, like any audience. I know how to get this audience. I know how to be present and make sure these people like and trust me because as a comedian, once they like and trust you, you can talk about anything. And that's the whole sell them anything kind of uh, idea. I love it. I love it. I No, I've never looked at comedy like that, but I actually makes it's common sense to me now because it, that's what co- every comic has done. They make you like them. They make you trust them. And then, you know, like you said, they give you your Robitussin. They do. I mean, listen, like. I love Patrice- it. I, I, I really enjoy Patrice O'Neal. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. very hilarious, legendary comedian. But I mean, to be honest, he he has some material that is like, you know, as to me as a black woman, he has said some things that are like a kind of like low key offensive. But the thing is, though, I always laugh at it because the way he does it in the and he's such a brilliant was such a brilliant writer and such a brilliant artist that it's like. You know, you're listening to things and you're like, I should be offended, but I actually am just dying laughing because this is hilarious because the way that he it's almost like he gives you like he's this vulnerability. He gives you this layer of himself and he's so honest and comfortable in who he is that you have no choice but to laugh at what he says because you're like, man, this guy is so this guy is so real. Like, I know what he's saying is real. Like, you're real. So what you're saying has got to be real. So I'm going to go ahead and rock with you on this on this journey and that's what you're doing when you're on stage you're taking the audience on a ride it's a ride right yeah man you are you have grown so much since that first night and i'm loving all this stuff that's coming out uh out of you right now and seriously you have changed and for the it's just you have grown into this amazing human being that you know i loved you then and wow you're Talk, talking to you about comedies is kind of like I'm I'm getting that sugar, but I'm scared about the Robitussin. <laughs> Don't be. I promise it won't be grape flavored. OK, <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite flavor too. great flavored Robitussin. Heck yes. Oh, really? OK, because yes. I, 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 well, I've taken polls over the years and most people said that grape was their least favorite flavor. Grape Although. Grape Kool-Aid is my thing. So give me that grape Kool-Aid. Just disguise it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'll, I'll just sneak it in <laughs> to yeah. the grape Kool-Aid. <laughs> that is awesome. But you heard just, oh, I'm <coughs> just based on how your mindset is. And I know you do, you have your own podcast. And yes, but now you're being a guest. And I don't know how many guest spots you've done before, but you're really dropping some really good stuff today. Oh, thank you, Kelly. Well, you know, it's easy. You know, it's really easy having these kind of conversations, especially with you. So, you know, the so that 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 helps a lot. That helps a lot for sure. Um, but no, I I've been a guest on on some podcasts over the years. I always enjoy doing them because you just never know what you're going to get. You never know where the conversation is going to go. So there's always like this right. exciting surprise element associated with it too. Yeah, I had a lady on who's an inner peace coach, and you know, I asked her for. Uh, a bio and all she said was inner peace coach. And it turned out to be a, a great podcast. Like oh, I wow. knew nothing about her and it was just this amazing podcast. So, and I like that. And I like just people 
it's not an interview. It's not a press junket. It is a conversation. And I love anytime I can have a conversation about stand-up comedy, I, I will, because I just, it, that and television shows, because I'm going to at some point in time, start a podcast about TV shows because I got too much, just like you as a comic about TV shows. I got so much information in my head that I need to get it out. And I need to just have like a co-host and banter about television shows once a week. Seriously. I, I, I agree. I agree. You know, and you have so much knowledge that you got to share. Yeah. It's just like, I say, go for it. You know, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I, I don't want anyone to doubt themselves because, you know, Donald Trump was president. And I feel like <laughs> the fact that that man was, was the president of this here country I feel like, you know, no one should doubt themselves because that man right. really got to where he was just because he believed that he deserved it, you know? Yep. And that is the kind of confidence that we all need because if, think about it, there's so many people in the world that do bad things and the reason they're able to succeed at doing those bad things is simply because they believe in themselves, right? Like, right. And, and, and you think about all the good people in the world who would do, if they just believed in themselves, then yes. they would accomplish good things that would actually help people. And here these jerks are accomplishing things because they believe in themselves. They're, they're accomplishing things and doing things that hurt people and tear people down. But if we did it on the opposite end of that, think about the impact that would have. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, yep. that's what, and that's why it's so imperative that, you know, people who are with good hearts and good intentions, like, you know, push through and dig deep and dig through all that BS uh, that's telling you you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. It's all crap. It's literally just crap. And I'm not saying it's not easy and I don't battle with my own stuff too, but every day is just like making an intention to be like, you know what? I want to just be better than I was yesterday because I'm, I'm worthy. What I have to say is worthy. You know, what I have to share is worthy and people need to hear it. You know, like even when I went to Utah and I performed, I, all those people came up to me like there was a woman who had cancer that came up to me and she just was like really told me how much she enjoyed my set and how it made her feel better and how she just enjoyed herself and was so happy she came and you just you just never know you never know like who people are always watching you even when you don't think someone's watching you people are watching you and it's not in a not to be in a stalker you know, way it's no, just like people no. are always have their eyes on you and Absolutely. you because and there's some people you may never, ever, ever talk to, but they watch what you do on social media or they watch how you move in these streets and you are influencing them and you can influence them in a positive way. Or maybe they yep. just want to feel something different. And, and that's and, you know, we owe it to ourselves to be our best selves. And and our best selves is just like, you know, I, I, I'm working on. You know, look, I, I went through really these last two years have not been easy. I've gone through depression. I've gone through, you know, multiple bouts of depression. You know, I mean, as somebody who likes to move around, not being able to move for the greater part of like a year and a half. And it just it was it was really I literally would not wish that on, on the on the worst person in the world. I would not. It was so awful. And I felt isolated, you know, my family being from the East Coast, I didn't really have family come, come out to see me because they couldn't, you know, it was expensive. And then COVID hit and they really couldn't come see me. And so it, it's just, it, it has been very, very hard. 
And I, I, like I said, I definitely have made some mistakes. I definitely, you know, felt like, you know, closed off from everybody. But now, now I just, it motivates me to just want to go harder because I'm grateful for so much more. I'm grateful that I can physically, I'm physically able to do yoga. I'm, I'm two years. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do right. it for two years. Something that I was doing all the time that made me mentally, emotionally, and physically feel better. I couldn't do. So I was going through one of the worst things in my life and I couldn't do one of the things. And, and this, I couldn't do comedy or yoga for the first couple months. So it's like the two things that, I, that were cathartic and helped me feel like it was a release. I just couldn't do them for a while. And then even when I could do comedy again, I didn't have like this physical release. So I said all that to say that now I have a new lease on life. I am so grateful that I am physically able to do things that two years ago were just like gone in the instant. And I didn't know if I'd ever get them back. And now that I do have them back and I'm getting better every day and I'm healing every day and I'm grateful to God. I'm so grateful to God that I'm getting better every day because I would not be here without God. Like, honestly, I... I guess you could say, quote unquote, lost a lot of friends or, lo- or realized where people really stood in my life while during my recovery. And that was such an eye opening experience to realize that what some people really just don't really care about you. They cared about what they thought you could do for them or what they thought you could do for their future or their career. Or some people like, you know, I call them ground floor people like they 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 see where if you want the second you start believing in yourself, like where you're going to go. But they already see your potential. And so they'll try to get in on the ground floor with you. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, they're like, oh, oh, I yeah, they're like, let me come in on the ground floor. So when you skyrocket, I'm already in the elevator. And it's like, no, no, no. And and I, you know, I, I so, yeah, I basically the whole point is. Time is not, you know, time is is, is going to move forward regardless. You know, yep. I was injured. Yeah. But those two years still went through. They still went on. Yes. COVID happened. It's still going on and stuff like that. But life is time is still moving forward. So we in order to honor time and respect the gift of time, because time really. And, and that's what this injury taught me to time really is a gift. It is a gift. No one is entitled to time. No one is owed time. It is a absolute gift. And, and when you realize how much of a gift it is, you realize you only want to spend it with people who are going to value your time, you know, and it makes it a lot easier to push those other people to the side because it's like, oh, Yo, you didn't value me or my time anyway. Yeah, I agree, because that was and I love that time is a gift and you want to spend that gift with people that actually appreciate your time. That's a brilliant observation. And I appreciate that. Wow. Man, you're just jacking me up today, big time, <laughs> and I love it. And I, but this side of you, I love, and I didn't, I don't get to see it as often. But I'm makes me miss you more, but also makes me extremely proud of you, very, very proud of you, because you, I've gone through a very dark tunnel and came back out, you know, and now you really appreciate life, and now doors are opening for you, and they're going to continue to, because. A, you work hard, and B, you understand your craft, and C, you listen to people who understand what you do. And D, you're so filled with gratitude. That's the biggest one for me. I could just see it. And I, you were that way when we first met, though. So I'm just impressed, and I'm proud of you. Um, do you have anything else you want to add, or do you want to tell people how to find you or how to get your comedy albums? 
Uh, yes. Um, so my comedy album is, uh, well, so I have two, right? Down Dog mm-hmm. is, was my first one. Uh, my yep. novice, my initial comedy album, it is available on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, my most recent comedy album that I released in May of 2020, it is called Yes, I Cane. That's when I was still walking with the cane. Um, the video is on YouTube and the uh, audio again is on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, wherever you can stream music. Um, as far as, you know, keeping up with me, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, it's at C-H-E-L-S-E-G comedy. So that's at Chelsea G comedy. And I post my shows. I post, you know, when my podcast episodes are coming out, I post everything mostly on my IG. And I do have a website as well called ChelseaGrow.com. So that's C-H-E-L-S-E-G-R-E-A-U-X dot com so uh, those are the places you can go to find information about me and what's going on um the link to my comedy specials in my uh instagram bio so yeah like you know and just stay tuned i mean as things develop and as you know um things come up and i'll definitely be announcing you know my next comedy taping on on there as well as when i travel i'll definitely be announcing cities locations and dates that is wonderful i am again i'm you know, I'd be remiss to say that it's been too long since we even just talked. And I'm glad that you came on my podcast. This has been wonderful. I've learned a lot. And it would be one that I'll actually probably listen to again and again a couple of times just because you've dropped a lot of knowledge and a lot of good stuff that inspires me. But you've always been an inspiration for me. And I'm proud of you. And I cannot wait to, to see you continue to grow and tour the entire nation in comedy clubs. Yes, no, absolutely. And uh, and Texas is one of them, them states I'm planning on coming to. So I will definitely, definitely let you know when I come through for sure. All right. Great. Because I know a ton of people so I can get people out there for you. Awesome. That sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. I, I had an amazing time. It's so good to see you. I know it's been so long, but, you know, yes. it's just nice to be kind of like on the other side of this and just in seeing yes. you and talking with you. And it's always so easy to talk to you. So, yeah, I appreciate oh, that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you and I have a, a good rest of your day. I know you got a taping to do and everything else. I'm keep writing, keep doing what you're doing. Your, your star is shining already. Thank you. Yours is too. And, and you know, every thought matters. That's right, girl. <laughs> awesome. There we go. All right. Thank you. I'll talk Thanks, to you Kelly. Later. I'll talk to you Bye. later. Bye.